Hello, and welcome back to Minutes of Mishnah. My name is Rabbi Tuvia Brander, and we continue with the seventh Mishnah of the second chapter of the Tractate of Chagiga. As we continue to look deeper into the world of ritual purity and impurity that was so prevalent and on the mind of the pilgrim during the time of the holidays during the setting of the temple, unfortunately we're not able to practice today, we get a sense for some more of the concepts that exists in the world of ritual purity and impurity in the realm of halakha and Jewish thought. In particular, it's important to note that when we talk about ritual impurity, so there are sources of ritual impurity, and as they contaminate other sources, they drop a level, meaning the highest level of ritual impurity can be contracted from a corpse. Someone who comes in contact with a corpse, they don't beget the level of ritual impurity as the corpses, but they're actually one step lower. Corpses consider an aviavotatoma, the granddaddy of ritual impurity. Someone comes in contact with that will be an avlatoma, a father of toma, but one step removed. Beyond that, someone becomes a rishonlatoma, a first degree of impurity, a second degree of impurity, a third degree of impurity, and so forth, up until a fourth degree of impurity um, and beyond. We're not going to get into each of these levels. They have different intricacies and, and details. But what's important to note is that the normal is that it drops a level as it removes from its source. There's some exceptions to that rule, and we're going to come in contact with one of them in our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, we talk about a special type of impurity that's through called Tumat Midras. Midras is a type of ritual impurity that is contracted from a source of someone who has a unusual discharge based on the verse in uh, Vayikra in, in that we just in the book that we just said goodbye to, um, that there are certain types of unusual discharges that a person can have that can render them a zav or a zava for a man or for a woman. And these ritual, these discharges causes a sense of ritual impurity. And while normally when you touch something, it will drop down this level as we just described, in certain manners, if you touch certain objects and if with this ritual impurity, it be, keeps the same level of ritual impurity, um, particularly for uh, vessels, for items that are unique or specified for shriva, for sleeping, for sitting on, and for riding, um, and for wearing. So those type of items, garments, saddles, bedding, seats, all of those idols, items will become ritually impure through this Toma of Midrash. How do you transmit it? One needs to stand on this item, needs to wear this item, needs to lay on this item, this item needs to be hung on them, or they need to lean on it. And that's the way they transmit this ritual, or they duplicate their level of ritual impurity to these items, and then those items can there and contaminate something else with levels of ritual impurity. With this understanding, we can now begin to understand the Mishnah. And what we understand from the Mishnah is just as we saw before, a cascading level of ritual impurity or consciousness that the more significant or the more serious the item is, and the more requirement for a sacredness and for a ritual purity, the more uh, stringencies we see for the levels before. So let's see what that means exactly. Big day Amharats. The clothing of the common person was not always as careful about ritual purity. Midras leprushim is considered uh, a is considered ritually impure with this midras with this uh, ritual impurity that we just described for prushim for those that were uh, more separated and more uh, strict about the laws of ritual impurity. 
big day purushim, those the clothing of those that were more stringent about ritual impurity, midrash of ochle truma was considered still the level of midrash of this afatuma, the second level of ritual impurity uh, for those who uh, had to have a higher level of, of of sensitivity to ritual impurity, a higher level of of purity because they were eating truma, they were eating the tithe with, to the Kohen or the portion to the Kohen that required that uh, holiness. Again, the spell that we saw in the last Mishnah. Big day ochle truma midras lekodesh. Someone who was only in the mindset of being ritually pure for truma, which was a high level already, nonetheless is considered midras and considered have this ritual impurity when it comes to someone who is touching or handling kodesh, sanctified meat. Big day kodesh, midrash, lechatas. And even this highest level of ritual, of, of, of sanctity, of sacredness and of purity um, will uh, still be considered uh, impure uh, and not properly set up. When we talk about the highest level of our pyramid, the preparations for the red heifer for the chatat, and that is uh, the highest level as we saw in the last Mishnah, and therefore the highest level of this scheme as well. Uh, we close out the Mishnah in this chapter with two stories that relate to seriousness. Yosi ben Yoezer, Hayachasid, Shebekahuna. Yosi ben Yoezer, if you remember, is one of the is the first Nasi, is the first president of the Academy of the of the Sanhedrin of the Jewish court uh, in the Zugot period, which we saw in the Pear period, which we saw previously in the Mishnah about this long running debate about whether one is allowed to do smicha, lean their hands on a sacrifice on Yom Tov. He passed away, we presume, about 161 BCE. His teacher was the famous Antigonus E. Soho, who, you could, uh, who might be famous from his role in Pirkei Avos. He himself, Yossi ben Yoezer, was known as someone who was more uh, lenient in general. But when it came to the laws of ritual purity, he was very stringent. And so he was a chassid Baguna. He was one of the more stringent, pious of the kohanim, of the priests. V'hayta mitpachto midras lekodesh. That his, the, the wipe that he washed his hands with, that was considered midras lekodesh. That was considered so richly impure vis-a-vis -vis, uh, sacred meat. Because again, the, the the pecking order that we just described in the Mishnah, that even someone who was who was careful about purity when it came to truma, that that high those things that were of, of a higher level required even more uh, intentionality and more uh, planning and more care uh, in 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 their consumption. Yochan ben Gudgida haya ochal altaras kodesh koyamav. Yochan ben Gudgida would eat. All of his food, all his whole life, al taras kodesh, on with a certain level of holiness, the same level of purity and preparation and cleanliness, ritual purity that he would, that one would require for eating kodesh, for eating sacred meat, and he would eat every meal he had, regardless of whether it contained sacred meat or not, with that level of purity, v'haita mitpachto, and even his rag that he washed his hands with. Midras, Lechatas, was considered Midras, had this ritual impurity when it came vis-a-vis -vis the Chatat, vis-a-vis -vis the uh, ingredients of the Paraduma, of the red heifer. And again, just seeing this uh, pyramid scheme, for lack of a better term, 
of ritual purity that even if you're uh, set on one level to go the next level, you need to have special intention for that, or you're considered ritually impure. All of these were added dimensions that the rabbis instituted to protect the higher levels of items that required and were sensitive to even low levels of ritual impurity. We finished the Mishnah and we'll continue with the next Mishnah tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.